the big bummer too is those fuckers ruined his logo and it just fucking i know that's that's the the hardest thing to look at that that just kills me i know it really does they changed the logo oh Oh, my god maddie oh we should do it before and after because they totally ruined it oh no oh that's so heartbreaking they changed oh. the golf man. Oh yeah, they put pants on him. They more made than, him look more than uh, once, dude. More than once. Oh, yeah. like, it was like a, it was like a chick that does bad Botox and she keeps going and fucks. <laughs> fuck it's seriously. You know what I mean, don't put that on anything, man. Do not. <laughs> oh, I was, <laughs> you got to watch what you say with Maddie because he kind of can fucking come and submarine. <laughs> put another log on the fire. But here is getting tired. Welcome to the fire pit with Matt Janella. We're back at the fire pit, which always feels good. We've been busy interviewing and editing season two, which will start dropping late February. Among other things, you'll be hearing tributes to Charlie Sifford, Tony Gwynn, and longtime colleague and friend Tim Rosafort. Having Tim reporting your story was like. Having Raquel Welch as your waitress. It's like, I can't do any better than that. I mean, you just keep on coming back to the table, sweetheart. You can ask me if I want a water refill 11 times between now and and midnight. That'd be just fine. Plus, stories from Nancy Lopez, Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer, and Lanny Watkins on Ben Hogan. It says, Dear Lanny, enclosed with my check for $4 for your skins yesterday. With all the confusion of our intruder, I simply forgot this. I can't imagine this fellow doing that. It was my first experience of this kind. I really didn't know how to handle the situation except to just quit. Hopefully we can all have another game soon. All my good wishes for you at the U.S. Open at Marion. I know you can win it. Best, Ben. We've also just launched thefirepitcollective.com, where you can find all of the content we'll be producing, which will include this podcast, plus journeys, traditional travel stories to destinations all over the world. Plus, we're bringing back The Ambush, which is a new digital series celebrating the venue, your itinerary, best practices and your buddy's trip planner, the camaraderie and the unique traditions of your trip. Submit your trip at firepitcollective.com and you and your crew might be next. We'll also be producing features on people, places, or things that deserve a closer look. And I'm back to writing a blog on destinations, developments, architecture, rankings, and trends in the golf and travel industry. We also added the pit shop, which is where you can buy fire pit merchandise, as well as shop preferred partners and cool shit I think you should be aware of. But for now, with yet another mini-pod, we're helping our friends at Link Soul celebrate and honor the life of Barry Grimes, who, at the age of 61, died of brain cancer last year. As you probably heard in season one of The Fire Pit, in the episode which told the story about the building of Ashworth, Barry Grimes was critical to the development and success of that brand, a brand I was in love with as a kid. I never got to meet Barry Grimes, but I've now heard a lot about him. He is survived by his wife, Kristen, and his two sons, Paul, who's a freshman at ASU, and Charlie, a junior in high school. 
In this podcast, you'll hear why Barry Grimes was so special. And at the end of the stories, you can hear about how you can help the cause. We start with Jeff Cunningham, who, along with John Ashworth, is the co-creator of Link Soul. When I say Barry Grimes, Jeff, what do you say? Oh, man. Um, genius, probably, first. Honestly, I've only met a couple people in that, that I put in that rank, and I have them like in a little file in my head. Somebody that no matter what they do, I just always looked up to. And right off the bat, I mean, Barry just had that. I, I was in awe of Barry. I was at like 14, I think, when I met him, probably. Um, right off the bat, I just never seen anybody like him. He's just mesmerizing. If I don't meet Barry Grimes in L.A. in 1987, we're not having this conversation. John Ashworth with more background on his buddy Barry. You know, he had, you know, he had longer hair than I do now. He had long hair, beard. Uh, he was from Alabama. He only went to like maybe a year and a half of college, then dropped out and drove out to L.A. because he was an artist and he wanted to be in L.A. where the action was. And he did not have one lick of an accent. He grew up in Alabama, you know, born and raised. You would have thought he was from L.A. He could play the guitar like crazy. You know, uh, he could draw and paint and he was funny. He was so down to earth and just would talk to anybody and listened and, and doing film and that whole world pre-computer set up graphic. He could do all that and did that. Like we did, our first ads were like film that you would do and then send off to the magazine. And Jeff, with more on why Barry was so special. Creativity relies so much on intuition. And it's so much intuition, but you can also get into a technical realm with it too. Barry had this balance between the technical and the intuitive that you can really only find in like Jedi Masters, Jimi Hendrix. Like it's that level of uh, where you've mastered the technical so well that it fuels your intuition and they work together in this harmony that, you know, becomes something else. It's like Ben Hogan. It's like a, it's, it's, it's expertise really, but it's, it's, it's to another level. So it's like, and, and you see it in art all the time. You see people that are really intuitive, but their technical is just crap. Or you see people that get really technical and they lose the feel. And so photos, uh, music, golf swings, everything gets really tight, you know, and we've all experienced that before. And you, you know, you lose that touch. Barry had that ability to know his technical stuff inside out and backwards best i've ever seen on a computer best i've ever seen with a camera any machinery anything there was he knew inside out and backwards he took the time to know exactly why every bit of that thing did what it did which people don't do anymore and then kept his whole creativity the entire time too which is just like you just don't see that i mean you know and you, when you do it's special it's and it's and it changes the face of things and that's what barry did i mean he changed the face of all these things. He's influencing people still. And they, they might not even know they're being influenced, but if you notice that all these photographers right now in golf that are starting to look a certain way, whatever, whatever, a lot of that stems from Barry, you know, still. But back to 1987 for a second, when John Ashworth needed some help developing his apparel idea. Here he is now on how he met Barry and why it was such a great fit. 
this friend of mine, I was going, I need to get a graphic artist, you know, and this friend of mine that was a golfer, Lane Morey is his name. He, you know, he lived in LA and I go, Lane, I need, I need to find a, and he goes, Hey, I got this buddy of mine, Barry Grimes, who works at NBC studios. And he, he likes golf and he went to Scotland and I go, great. Give me his number. So he gives me his number. I call Barry and I'm explaining, but I go, Barry, you know, I'm trying to do this new clothing line and, uh, I want it to be sort of like, you know, old school meets new school. Uh, I, I'm really into walking and, you know, the, the, the traditions of the game, but I want it to be hip and modern. And, you know, I'm just telling him all this stuff. Like, you know, I, I love Scotland. I'd never been to Scotland. I go, I've never been to Scotland, but I love Scotland. He goes, I've been to Scotland. You know, it's like, you know, so we're just talking on the phone and unbeknownst to me, he's actually, you know, as artists do, he's actually doodling and sketching. He actually drew the golf man from that conversation. The Ashworth brand and specifically the golf man logo had an immediate impact on an otherwise stagnant golf apparel industry. For more, we hear now from Jim Nance, Fred Couples, and then John Cook, three of the original Ashworth ambassadors. Let me just take this opportunity to, to add that Barry Grimes was someone who really captured the look of Ashworth too. He he just his uh, artistic flair and his ability to even create the Golf Man logo. I mean, the Golf Man logo was basically scratched on the back of a paper napkin, and that logo became a universal symbol for people that cared about the game of golf. The logo is incredible. Um, it, it's it's. I mean, can you argue? I can't think of another. There are a lot of great logos. Don't get me wrong, but the Ashworth logo was something. You know, Johnny O now with with his surfboard and and a guy standing next to it is a phenomenal logo. But I don't think it beats the Ashworth logo. No, the golf man. The golf man was iconic. That symbolism went beyond guys on TV wearing the product. It evolved into what Ashworth called the yardage book an annual fashion magazine or style book that showcased a year of memorable imagery of the Ashworth ambassadors. More from Nance, Couples, and Cook on the photo shoots. Well, John came up with the idea of we ought to have the yardage book and we could make it into almost like a magazine. We could distribute it to Greengrass, all the shops, and we could tell stories in there, write articles. And in the body of that, of that magazine, we can also have some pretty cool photos and we can also put them on our hang tags. The photo shoots, uh, you know, there's a guy, Barry Grimes, who's, who's really, really, he's not doing that well right now. And I told John the other day and I texted Barry and I said, Barry, this is nothing to do with you being ill. I said, you were by far the most fun of anything I've ever done in golf. And you made the shoot so easy. And I get a little edgy because, you know, I, I don't like, kind of taking pictures and doing all that. And we did so many weird things, John, and so many fun things that uh, I think Ashworth knew, you know, what John Cook and I liked and we rode in cars. And then of course, later on, Ernie Els hopped in and of course, won an open wearing the clothing and this thing just took off. And and now everyone has the same kind of clothing. It's 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 been a wild ride and it started way back in 87. You never shot any of this stuff in digital. Like the idea, I was thinking about say Johnny, like I go out and I shoot a thousand shots for a photo shoot. Barry took maybe five rolls of film and that the most, 
and it's like 30 pictures at a time and he and he got all those shots i mean i used to be so stressed out because you know i mean you take this film you know and you put it in like there's those big four by five cameras or wherever they were and you know you had to have the setting right you had to have the meter right it had to be loaded right you know and then you'd have to take it and, and do it and mark it and put it in a plastic bag and you know it was like kind of stressful really when you're on a photo shoot and you got two hours and kind of figure out what to do and the photo shoots were just an amazing experience because uh, it wouldn't be anything like you would think a, a, a photo shoot would be like remember the shot of fred in the water that was the second time oh around. totally dude barry put a uh, it was fucking we didn't have a water housing and he was like let's get i want to because it was rain gear or whatever and, and it was like you got fred in the pool and and because he didn't have a water housing he has big ass glass camera you know it's like Analog it, was an, no, film it, was, camera. it was an aquarium from my house. And he put it, no, I know. And he put it in the aquarium, sealed yeah. up the aquarium and put it in the aquarium and went underwater with the aquarium and shot Fred through an aquarium <laughs> in the pool. It's <laughs> unbelievable. Ashworth really took care of us. And I can tell you right now, I did a few photo shoots in some areas that uh, they got no clearance. You know, John Ashworth and Barry would go find a spot. I'm sure you've seen it where I'm hitting on the railroad tracks. I can tell you two or three times we hopped off the railroad tracks down underneath it. The train would go by in Dallas and it's probably, you know, I, I, I have the shot somewhere. Uh, we went through Palm Springs with Cookie and I living there. We were in areas that, you know, like, like, well, if the cops come, we just pack up our stuff and leave. And I'm like, so are we, you know, are we supposed to be here? Well, we don't know. You know, so all of it was was really kind of fun, and it was uh, not nerve wracking. It was just it was just entertainment. It was never boring. And and trust me, as you get older, you know, some sometimes you don't want to do things. But John and I, and, and then Ernie Els and Mark Weeby, we were the guys leading. But really, John Ashworth led us, and and Barry Grimes. What a photographer, and, and he made us look like golfers, but cool guys too. And I, I, you know, I don't usually say that, but I felt like kind of a cool guy. We still—that's that's still the model for every yeah, link still the photo model. shoot. That's still the model is not shooting on a golf course and getting as gritty. And at first, I was kind of like, "Really, we're going to go to this warehouse that there's shit all over the ground <laughs> or whatever." <laughs> And then, yeah, it's like, okay, let's go against the grain. You know, it's not going to look like anybody else. I mean, we yep. actually did the whole, the black and white stuff because, A, we couldn't afford color because it was twice as expensive. But, <laughs> but B, it just looked so cool because it, it just stood out. It didn't look like yep. any other stupid ads, you know, that were some guy in a golf course with a red sweater on and, you know, perfect green grass or whatever. Obviously, whatever they did, and how they did it was working. The Ashworth brand achieved rock star status. Couples won the 92 Masters, Cook was winning multiple tour events, Ells won several major championships wearing Ashworth. From selling shirts out of John Ashworth's trunk, both he and Barry built a $90 million business. You know, it was just sort of a period of time where everything lined up. You know, everything just clicked into place. I mean, and it, without even thinking about it or knowing it, it was just sort of this timing of everything happening. And, and you know, there's it, it, a ton of hard work, but it was just all happening. That was then. This is now. 
More from Jeff Cunningham. John told me that you are to link soul what Barry was to Ashworth. What's that mean to you? That's a ton. Yeah, I, I could see that. And it's interesting. Ashworth was so much Barry's baby. Like there was no, I mean, you know, we talked honestly about going back to Ashworth and, and fixing it up. And, and I was thinking in my head, you just, you, you can't do it without Barry. Like it was his thing. And, it, and John and him, they, they had that. I, I learned, my, I mean, Ashworth for me was grad school for this mm. and where all this stemmed from, but that was his baby. And, and as much as this is my baby and John's baby too. So I asked Jeff how and why Barry still influences his design and photography. It's funny because I still have his voice in my head pretty much daily, especially in photography and graphic design. Cause it wasn't just photography with Barry. He knew graphic design. Maybe, I don't know, Johnny would say he probably knew that better. I mean, I didn't even know anything about fonts and typography and all these things. And Barry studied that stuff endlessly and could point out, he knew every single font that ever showed up in everything. He could name it, every every part of it. Uh, and, he, and he could see when things were imperfect. And, you know, it, it's one of those things that could drive you crazy. And I think that Barry kind of went crazy with it a little bit sometimes, but at the same time, it pushes me in my head all the time. Like, what would Barry do here? Like, is he, would he keep going? Would this be, you know, am I willing to put this in the world looking like this? Or should I actually take another hour at th two o'clock in the morning and make this thing look even one step better? Did you get a chance to ever communicate to him what he meant to you? Did you ever get a chance before he left to just, you know, uh, let him know how much you appreciated him or what he meant to you? I don't, I didn't. And I, uh, and it's, it's, it's usually something that would haunt me, but it doesn't haunt me because I feel like he at some point, because I, I've, I've followed him so much and, and it's so clear how he changed my photography and my graphic design all the time that I think in the end, he probably had to see all that as an homage in a way. I, I would if I were him because, I mean, it was very clear. And I, and I just felt like he knew that for some reason. And I feel like he knows that now, wherever he is. I just I feel like he's still out there guiding things. So, yeah. I asked John Ashworth if he thought Barry Grimes left this world feeling respected and appreciated. He was struggling with brain cancer, so you never know what's going on. What's really important, I don't know how much that was important to him. You know, he has two kids and two beautiful kids, a beautiful wife. And that's why we're, you know, Jeff and I, it's Jeff's idea, which is a fabulous idea to take one of his photographs that's timeless and put it into a t-shirt so that we could actually, you know, they're going through a big transition. Obviously they don't have their key breadwinner. Um, and, uh, you know, kids are in college, senior in high school. So, you know, we're trying to raise some money just to just to help him out a bit. So I, I, you know, I think, you know, I think he was very secure with what his talent was and what how he was respected for sure. Um, I'm not sure, you know, at that point in his life, it was a big priority to to realize that, you know, I, I was lucky. I got a chance to kind of spend a fair amount of time, you know, towards the end with him. And uh, I felt like he was pretty he was in a good place, you know, something like that shouldn't happen to anyone, but you know, it just sure, sure shouldn't have happened to him. Link Soul has used the making and selling of t-shirts to contribute to a worthy cause. Unfortunately, lately, 
they've had several worthy causes. And with your help, they're making a difference. We've reached this this new thing with Link Soul in this Corona year, um, COVID year, where you know we're starting to realize it's always kind of been a goal of ours too to give back as many ways we possibly can um, with what we make and what we're good at. So uh, it's been working this year with the charity T-shirts for uh, COVID relief and um, Make Part Not War Foundation, all that stuff. We've you know we raised like three hundred thousand dollars this year just through three T-shirt designs. And plus, you know, like John said, and over and over again, Link Soul wouldn't be here. It's, this wouldn't be happening if it wasn't for Barry too. So it's the least we can do. The Barry Grimes photograph they chose to put on the T-shirt is a pin flag whipping in the wind. For me, it's a strong one, I think. It just catches soul and it catches, um, you know, time and golf and everything in one little moment, you know, yeah. that those brief little things you see. And that's what he was so good at was all yeah. those things we see as golfers when we're walking around, you know, before Instagram, before all this stuff, Barry caught all those things that, we, you know, that's what, that's what made it. That's what made Ashworth too, is that like, he was catching those soulful moments in the moment that we all see when we're walking around playing, but we just didn't ever get on film. And Barry started capturing all those and putting them out and showing people. And they were like, oh yeah, I love that about golf. I love the way the shadow hits that bunker right there, you know, at this time of day, etc." We didn't have a million Instagram accounts to see all this stuff all over the place. So, <laughs> you know, he was, the, he was the OG. It is a beautiful, it's a beautiful photograph. It, yeah. it does have an esoteric sort of timeless otherworldly look to it and uh it, it is very quintessential barry grimes too isn't it yeah yeah, yeah for sure so let's pour some out for barry grimes to his life a legacy and his family to purchase the grimes t-shirt go to linksoul.com all proceeds will help barry's family and their future on behalf of Kristen, paul and Charlie, thank you for your support of one of golf's greatest influencers. Lastly, and on a lighter note, one more quick reflection of memory from John and Jeff. I don't know. It was We had so much fun together, too. Honestly, we had so much freaking fun just figuring it out as we went and, like, bouncing shit off. And I'd be up at his, you know, I'd... We, we'd always pull all-nighters because, you know, we're trying to lay out either a catalog or a, something print-wise or do, you know, whatever. Usually catalog or annual report. Being a public company, we had to do an annual report anyway. And he was he was kind of a procrastinator with the best. Yeah, he was. That's for sure. I, we I got that, it, too. We called it optimizing. That was our word <laughs> for it. It wasn't procrastination. We feel like we'd get the most out of it the closer we came to the deadline. <laughs>